Welcome to The Kid Is In School, where we talk about whatever we want since our kid is not here to interrupt us. But we don't have a lot of time before the bell rings, so let's get right into it. Friends, how many of us have them? They're not just a song <laughs> lyrics. There's something I wanted to ask you today. Do you feel like you've got a good amount of friends? Uh, well, I guess it depends on how you how you define friends. But yes, I, I, that is what a weird lyric, by the way. I how, know. How many of us have them? It's like uh, everybody, like literally everybody. Either that or it just puts into question like, are these people even my friends? And then TLC makes it worse. They're like, what about your friends? I thought Are they, they going to be around? I think they're more worried about scrubs, aren't they? <laughs> they don't want none of them. They yeah. don't want no scrubs. I, I just realized I don't know the rest of the TLC lyrics. Are they going to be around? Will they ever beat them down? Will your friends ever beat themselves down? The friends are beating themselves down? I don't or know. Or are you beating them down? Are you going to be around? Will they ever beat them down? Yeah. i just been singing it wrong. <laughs> it's, it's very possible that that's not the lyrics at all. <laughs> You're just coming up with something. <laughs> Do uh, you know right. Charlie Brown? Yeah, I've been singing them wrong for years. <laughs> that, there's, I, I bet you there is not one song I know top to bottom correctly. If I had to write out lyrics to a song. All mine would be Bible songs that I learned in uh, Sunday school. <laughs> right. All the songs I know top to bottom are commercial jingles. Yes. I, maybe Twinkle Twinkle or something like that. Too. Like any kid songs. <laughs> Lullabies. Anything that's designed specifically for children to memorize them easily, <laughs> I remember throughout my entire life. Yeah. And Animaniacs tried to get us to memorize the periodic table of elements, but it just didn't stick. Yeah. So, so... You do have a stringent list of qualifications for what makes someone your friend. It, one of those is if they move away, they're not your friend anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that well, it's sort of. Sort. I don't I wouldn't say they're not my friend anymore. Mm -hmm. But it's the amount of energy you can put into a friendship uh, decreases heavily. Okay. So and that results in a, a a severed friendship, I guess. I wouldn't call it severed. It ends up being we we can do what we can do when we can do it. Yes. Is the maybe a good way to put it. So we have friends in Hawaii. Man, if they're here, we're going to hang out with them. If we're going to go to Hawaii, we're going to hang out with them. Mm -hmm. But we're not going to and we could have texts here and there, but we can't we can't uh, go out to lunch once a week or do any of those right. things. Right. The likelihood of seeing them is is slim to none. However, they are very endeared to you because they let us stay in their house for free and that saves us <laughs> a lot of money. I think that's another qualification for friendship for you. That, Have they saved me money? That They're is, good no. people. That makes me sound like I'm just a cheap guy that my friends are just people I can mooch off of that's not correct <laughs> well i didn't mean that you know no like i well i have there are ways that friendships can be severed and moving away isn't a f severing a friendship in fact i think you're misrepresenting me i do not think that friendship ends because somebody moves away i believe i can't develop a friendship with somebody if when we first meet it's like hey oh nice to meet you oh we should hang out sometime and then three weeks later they move six hours away it's like oh well i'm not <laughs> I'm not going to be building a friendship with you. That's a different thing than I've already built years of friendship with you. And then we moved away. Right. I'm the one that's moved away in some instances, moved away from Indiana. Mm -hmm. I, but I still have friends back in Indiana from high school, from college. I have you know college friends that aren't in Indiana. They're in Florida or they're Tennessee or California. I'm in New York. They're, they're from all over the country. And so those friendships, once you're my friend and we're bonded, it doesn't matter where you are. You've got bros in different area codes. <laughs> if I could bring it back to the music. Yeah. Um, That's no, also I not the lyric. No, it's not. <laughs> but, it, but it pertains to you. Mm -hmm. I'd rather you have bros than hoes. Um, so 
I'm I feel a little bit of a different obligation. Even if someone moves six hours away, I still feel like we have the same friendship intact. And now it's just going to be a little bit harder to be in touch with them. But for you, it's kind of like you're realistic about knowing what level of energy you're going to put into it. I like that you that you boil it down to energy. That helps me, you know, understand it. So um, so you're like just practically it's not going to work. I'm going to take your line. We're just going to do what we do when we can do it as a good breakup line. <laughs> wait, wait, Forget there, it's not you. There's only you, one person me. you can be breaking up with. No, I just mean, I just me. mean you should, you should be a relationship advice expert and say, Hey, if you need a, a gentle, let me down. How about, you know what? This isn't goodbye forever. This is, we're just going to do what we can do when we can do it, which mm-hmm. is never because <laughs> yeah. you're moving away. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Again, I think you're represented as if there is this good friendship and somebody moves away, you still, you feel like, oh, that's still going to be our friendship. I don't disagree with that. What I, I'm saying is I can't build a friendship with somebody that I've just met if they move away immediately. Well, like we something else you can't do is attend a wedding of a colleague of mine. I knew someone at a job who just generously invited me to their wedding and I was so moved by the invitation and you were like they're just inviting you because you're there it's like when you have to give everybody in the classroom a cupcake whether you like them or not and so you were like I'm not going to out of state and it wasn't that far I was I think it might have been New Jersey but you said I'm not going to New Jersey for somebody's wedding I don't even know and I thought even if you don't know them it's fun to crash a wedding it's like wedding crashers the movie Mm, depends on the wedding I think that there's a lot of weddings you can end up at and you're like oh I this is a big mistake. So for you, it was going to be a huge sacrifice of time. And you absolutely put your foot down. And you were like, they are not a friend. I am not doing it. <laughs> I don't understand it. Like, these are things that are like, I understand it if it's like Bible times. And there's only one event uh, that takes you away from your horrible existence of mm-hmm. day-to-day life. Right. Of working the fields from sun up to sun down uh, every day just so you can uh, survive another day. That's how you're picturing weddings. They were the nice distraction they, they from were, the yes, gloom the nice, of life. The nice distraction where, like, for one, the whole community could party in this sense, mm-hmm. kind of like what Christmas would be for us, mm-hmm. like you know, just a community type of event. Now they are much. I consider it much more. It should be much more intimate to me. Of like, because you can't invite the entire community. If you did in New York City, you'd invite eight million people. Right. Uh, but the the way that wedding invitations are, it's very weird to me. Like to me, it should be the close friends, family, and even family. It's like close family. Mm-hmm. You know, you can end up inviting people where it's like, I haven't seen you in years. And now you're offended that I didn't invite you to my wedding. Like, why do you even care? Mm-hmm. Like, And I consider wedding invitations they can be a blessing or a curse. Like they can be <laughs> a, an a outlet for fun, or they can be a burden that somebody puts on someone else. So it's <laughs> we should yeah in a separate episode talk about the burdensome weddings. <laughs> there are bur- we just have to be careful about how not including too many details so people don't take it personally. No, well, you, it's not going to be a friend. It's not going to be a close friend. It's not going to be a, a close family member. Like there's things. So part that, of what the burden is of a wedding is you're you don't know the person. You have no connection to the couple. Right. If there's no connection, it's like I don't understand why I'm here. Like I, for the free cake and the dancing. It's not free if you got to pay to get there, <laughs> and then you got to give them a gift. You can't show up empty-handed to somebody's wedding with no gift. Are you also put out by the fact that you have to dress nicely? 
That's because uh, some people enjoy that part. I, I don't care about that. that okay, that, that's not part of my um, factoring into their question. Well, for me, I always have to get an outfit for the wedding. I do not have. I I just don't have wedding appropriate attire ever. I have one dress I keep for funerals. <laughs> And then sometimes I wear that to the weddings because I don't I just don't have wedding outfits. And if people have it in springtime, for example, and I've just got like a black shift dress, then it won't work for spring. Then I've got to do some shopping. And so for me, getting dressed for the wedding is a little bit of a hassle. I also am not a shoe. What do you call it? A sneaker head. So I don't have shoes that work for weddings. I don't have wedding shoes. (laughs) I'm not a shoe head. Um, I understand high heel head. Well, I think women probably do, in general, have more to think about with the outfits than a man generally does. Because the the basic general man outfit for a wedding is a suit. Right. And, and so, you don't think people will notice like a, the, the quality of the suit. So you could wear the same suit to every wedding if you wanted to. Have you to. seen guys at weddings? Like, there's the most ill-fitted old suits just just everywhere just scattered amongst these I've people never paid attention to that but no. i'm gonna look next time that's, like, that's a fun there's wedding guy, game. there's three guys at any wedding that have a f- suit that fits and looks nice it, a lot of times it's not even the groom like wherever they rented their tux from <laughs> it's incorrect they spent too little it's even though sh- they were told we're gonna love the way you look i guarantee <laughs> it. you're gonna love the way you look one time i went to a wedding that was so boring i just counted the bald heads in the room oh. in front of me in the pews well, I bet there was a bunch at a wedding. There's always, <laughs> there were. <laughs> you got the the groom's family, the bride's family. That's a game I recommend uncles. to people. If you if you find yourself or you're watching a children's choir or something, just and you're in a sea of auditorium, just look look at the bald heads and count them. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Guess Who. Yeah, I that that's gonna be a fun game. Like Guess Who at weddings. Mm-hmm. And try to figure out who somebody is. Does your person have a bald head? Do they have glasses? <laughs> Are they racist? Uh, I do that with, uh, if it's really an unfamiliar wedding, I try to figure out who the groom is. Because you don't really know when all the groomsmen are standing together until you look for the guy sweating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, you know, weddings in general, I don't think weddings are that much fun. I, I think that they can be. There are certainly weddings that I've been to that have been fun and we've had a good time. But there have been weddings where I'm like, oh, boy, this is a rough one. This is, a, yeah. you know, and I think it all depends on the families involved. Uh, you know, I think generally my family, although I have more conservative, churchy type of family, uh, has fun weddings. Everybody's there to have a good time. Everybody's there to, um, at least on a basic level, we're here to enjoy each other's company. Mm-hmm. But I have seen other people's families where... I don't think that they've ever had fun in any circumstance in their life. <laughs> They're the most stoic, boring people. And I'm like, I don't I don't think you should be at a party, let alone <laughs> planning one. This party isn't helping you. Yeah. It's not bringing you out of your shell. Uh, well, I didn't mean to talk about weddings. We really should save it for a different episode because I really do mean to talk about friendship. My sister is a social butterfly. She seems to make friends wherever she goes. Or she, let's just say she calls people her friends and considers people her friends um, that you, I think, might not. You might be like, that is an acquaintance or that is a colleague um, in your world. I don't mean for her. You don't (laughs) judge. That's an employee. (laughs) You don't judge who, yeah. And meanwhile, you've got people who just talk to strangers on the bus and they're like, I just met a friend today. So that's a different kind of um, Mm -hmm. social butterfly. But I just mean, um, I think it's her gift. You know, she's just a friendly person and she strikes up conversation and she learns about people and, um, you know, then she 
has shared experiences with them. Like if they find something in common, they'll go, oh, you like bike riding? Let's be a part of a bike riding club. So um, I then, if I have hung out with her, she might invite those people to hang. Like she might invite some of these people that she's met through a separate group to one of my shows, then introduce me to them, and then they become my friends. (laughs) So I will consider sending them a Christmas card, for example, or give them a gift on their birthday. And you will be like, who are you buying this gift for? And how do you know this person? Like you've asked me that before, right? Oh, many times, many (laughs) times where I'm like, what is, I've never heard this person's name. And now why are we getting them a gift? And I'm like, you know, it's the gardener of the cousin of the employee of my sister. Why are we going to their wedding? I don't understand what's going on here. Like I've, so I don't know if that's just my family's way of like, we're just uh, friendly, but I, I also don't think of it as a lifelong commitment to, for example, I found a, a book on the street for free as I do pretty much regularly and I save it in the house to give to somebody I know likes that book, but the person I know is not a good close friend. And you'll be like, why are you saving this book? It's taking up space. And I'll say, cause I'm going to give it to John. And you're like, John, who is that again? And I'm like, oh, you're not a friend, just just a person that wants this book. And you're like, it'd be cheaper for you to go buy that book for John on Amazon than it is to keep it in the house. You know what I mean? I, sure. <laughs> Although I don't know I have that speech pattern. No. You know. I'm like, I don't, that's not how I talk. That is a first, because usually when women make fun of their boyfriends, it's like, oh, I don't know where this thing is. But for me, when I'm talking about you, it's like, some hee-haw auctioneer is what I apparently sound like. (laughs) And so, well, yeah, like, just in general, like, friendships are important to me. Like, I have, and it, it, I've had friends that I've had since young childhood. And once there's a bond that has been made, I'm all about, that person is my friend for life. That's right. You're a committed friend. You don't judge the people in your life who you consider friends. You are loyal to them. If they need you, you show up for them. I think these are great qualities that you have as a friend. Um, But it takes a while to get in that circle. (laughs) And it can't be... The circle of trust. Yes. It can't be that we both happen to get bus tickets to Baltimore at the same day. (laughs) It can't be that. But for me, it's as simple as that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. If you compliment or laugh at one of my jokes, guess what? You're getting a Christmas card. Yeah, and there's... There, I'm, I'm getting you a cupcake on your birthday. Yeah, and there's different ways that I have developed friendships. Uh, you know, I play basketball with people, and I'm like, oh, we developed... But I've there are people I've played basketball that I play basketball with for years, mm-hmm. and I never saw them outside of a basketball situation. <laughs> like, we've been on teams, we've been... And it's like, that's it. That's the, that is the confines of our friendship, is the basketball court. We are not... We're hanging out before or after. Right. And not that we have any animosity towards each other. It's just, that's not where our orbits have gone. Sure, sure, sure. That, that you, if you guys are Venn diagrams, the... The meet the place where you connect is basketball. Now, sometimes you and I will be walking in our neighborhood and we'll see somebody on the street I don't recognize at all. And you will go, hey, what's up, man? And have a very long convo. And then at the end, I'll go, so who was that? And you'll say, oh, I play basketball with him. And I don't make a big deal out of it. I'm like, sounds good. Or you'll introduce me to them. You know, it's not like I'm sitting there waiting. Um, and well, I'll have a convo with them and have no idea who they are. So, um, yeah, yeah but I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm also that. not going to their weddings, and I'm not buying them Christmas gifts or saving books. Yeah, you're for not them. inviting them to lunch in yeah. that same convo. 
you're leaving it on the court. Yeah. So, so yeah, I actually am not stunned when I see somebody I've never recognized before in my life because I just figure, you know, people, you also know a bunch of comedians and you work with a bunch of comedians that I haven't met yet and mm-hmm. I hear about them. <laughs> but it happens with you too, where it's like, because comedy world's so big, it's like, you'll be like saying, I'm going to go to this person's show. And I'm like, I don't know them and I don't know the lineup. And it's like, that's just the way it is. I know. I'm laughing though, because you will have interacted with them dozens of times and I won't know their name at all. And you'll get irritated with me. Meanwhile, I get irritated with you when you don't know an actress's name that I've mentioned dozens of times to you. It'll be like, I've never seen any of their films. Why should I know that person? And I'm like, because I talk once. about them. Because <laughs> I mentioned them once. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I guess that's true on some level with anyway, all that stuff. That's but, neither yeah. here nor there. But they're not my friends either, like the, the actresses in the, the films that I haven't seen. Right. I have no connection to them either. And I wouldn't be going to their weddings either. So I <laughs> see, and I would. If yeah. I got a random invitation to a celebrity's wedding, whether I like your show or not, I would go just to see what there was to see. Well, it depends on the celebrity. Like and what, what kind of level we're talking about here. I'm going to Jay-Z, Beyonce level weddings, no matter whether I know them or not. <laughs> like that's, that's like, it's going to cost you though. You talk about a wedding like, that's going to cost you. Basically I'm getting a ticket to a concert there. <laughs> that, that's what I'm considering that. It's no longer a wedding. <laughs> Good point. So, all right. Well, I just wanted to know what, what it means to you to have a friend and why you don't just like count these randos as your friends the way well, I do well a friend can be such a broad term and that's why like in different languages they have different words for different friendship levels and love levels really I didn't right. know that well there's like Philadelphia is brotherly <laughs> love right it's not just a city, city name <laughs> yes it's not just an ironically named city it's a uh, it's supposed to be like oh this is the bond between uh, two people where you feel like you know, brothers. Oh, that's that's the etymology. The Phil part is the love. That's neat. Yeah, well, I always yeah. thought it was it was uh, about cream cheese. Yes, <laughs> that's what I thought it meant. You broke down the words. It's the love of cream cheese is what Philadelphia <laughs> is. If it's between a woman and her cream cheese, <laughs> and <laughs> but like when you talk about relationships, so I have people that I call friends, but I have people that really are more acquaintances you know but i don't go that's my acquaintance i go oh that's a friend of mine Mm -hmm. uh and then i have people that are very good friends Mm -hmm. who i use the term friend for but it's really i have a couple you know several friends where it's like they're really more like brothers than they are friends yeah big family i do well you know (laughs) (laughs) you do that when you hang up on the phone you'll say all right brother talk to you later brother and i thought it was a wrestling thing for you but you really mean that you mean you you consider them a brother well not always sometimes it is just i've (laughs) absorbed too much hulk hogan promos you know (laughs) careful you don't want to quote him too much i know just what you saw in the wrestling ring i'm not ever gonna quote terry balea let's just say that That's the real man who played Hulk Hogan. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That's his real name. Thanks for the asterisk. Yes. Anytime we go into the Terry world, you might be saying something will get you canceled. So anyway, uh, you consider you consider some people even close like family. Sure. So dealing with that different level of friendship, you know, and then there's people who probably would say I'm their friend. And I would say we aren't even acquaintances. I barely know you. Like a... This is a great point you bring up. I consider you to be my best friend. 
<laughs> but who you consider to be your best friend is a man named Tim <laughs> that you knew since childhood, and who he considers his best friend is actually a dog. Yeah, so so it's, it's all relative. It really adds. Uh, I guess it's all about the person's perspective on what the relationship is. But like, <laughs> but I do have best friends. Like you're my best friend in in a lot of ways. Aww, so, I want to hear the ways. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'll write them down in a Valentine's Day card that you'll get in 2024. You write so. the best B-Day cards. Um, <laughs> I always wonder, am I not gushing about you enough on Instagram? But I cannot stand to reveal like actual feelings on Instagram. <laughs> I talk about, As you, if you should. You should not be. Yeah, if you look at my Instagram, place. you'd be like, why is this woman obsessed with finding out whether we think this is real food or plastic food? When we clearly know the difference. And it's like, because that's amusing to me. I know. If people looked at my Instagram, it's mostly my stand-up clips now. And so if they, <laughs> they just think took... you're obsessed with yourself. I know. If they just took a sincere thoughts, which some people do, by the way. Mm. Some people take uh, jokes that are on the internet in video form, clips, as sincere thoughts. Where I've had people say, that's not true. I'm like, what do you mean that's not true? Of course it's not true. <laughs> that's a joke. It's a bud. joke. That's what makes it funny is that it clearly we all get that that's not the reality of the situation. Like I have a joke and I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast where I talk about being my mom's last egg because my parents were older when they had me, you know, Mm -hmm. my siblings are much older. So (laughs) you were the last one. I was the last egg in her body and I'm hiding behind fallopian tubes and things and I'm I'm acting out and somebody under that video said, this is not how the reproductive system works. And I'm like, and they were being, they were being sincere and Uh then they went on to explain it. And it's like, yeah, no, I didn't actually think I was a sentient egg that was hiding behind different body parts that you I just couldn't like possibly... the visual of yes. it. It's funny. Yeah, I'm, I'm behind a liver here. Like <laughs> I camped out behind the kidneys. I mean, come on. We know that's not how. The... How'd you get out of the uterus into the liver? All oh, right. So you don't like when people take your stuff literally, and you and you can't be a friend of mine if you're going to take stuff literally. I, that's I've... another. That's another list. The that rule is definitely. On the list. I have definitely had people in my life where. Uh, they didn't know how to take a joke. And I'm not saying I'm making fun of them, but like they just, everything was too literal with them. So the, all the things that I'm joking about mm-hmm. just in conversation, they never got the joke. They would take me seriously. So I had some people that would get mad at me because of the jokes. Cause they thought I'd be in serious. And I'm like, where everybody else is laughing. We're all having a good time. And right. they're like, why, why would you say that? Like, that's not how that goes and i'm like yeah, yeah i know that's the joke you are an anti-people pleaser in that if someone doesn't get you you're so turned off <laughs> and me i just thought you made me think of a guy i knew back in college who had like the straightest blank poker face all the time he spoke in a monotone and um i was like i cannot get this guy to light up at all like i would say bye hi good to see you to everybody else in the class and he would always be the, the tough nut to crack and for me that was a challenge and by the end of the year even you know five years into graduating five years after school we were still in touch on Facebook and I thought it was such an achievement because this guy was so not my personality and almost seemed like put out by how sunny I was at the time so I was like I'm gonna tone <laughs> it down. He didn't like an enjoyable people so. Right so I started to antagonize him because that's how he spoke and I started to like I just like to meet people where they are but you you're like take me for who I am and if you don't want it I don't want to do it anything to do with you oh for sure and like i can see it in the way the audience members react to so uh generally speaking uh audiences 
are very complimentary and enjoy what I do. But occasionally, <laughs> but but I can also tell now when somebody looks like maybe they're not enjoying some like some comics might be like, oh man, they're just sitting there stoic. Sometimes I can see like a little smirk on their face or you know a little smile or a little chuckle. Yeah, and, and I can tell they're getting it, they're enjoying it, but they are not. They don't feel comfortable in the environment. Yeah, you're or, not taking it personally. I'm not taking that. Per- I, I realize, like, I'm meeting them where they are with it. It's like they're That's enjoying good. themselves, but they enjoy this is how they're enjoying themselves is a little quiet laugher. Right, right. But the people, the audience members that I don't like are the ones that roll their eyes at something I say, like, oh, like, <laughs> you know, there was a lady from Portland. Yes. Of course she was. And just everything I said, it was as if I was saying these serious statements that she couldn't possibly get on board with and agree with. And like, oh, how could you ever? And I'm like, look. Yeah, she objected with your premise, not even like how you were saying it. The fact that you even were talking about just the premises. Yeah, just like, and there are people that have done that, and where I'm just like, I have no time for you. In fact, if I could, I would just stop the show down and say, you know what, you can leave. Just (laughs) somebody will refund your ticket. Goodbye. You know what might be we're gonna enjoy this for comedians, and this would be an ideal comedy club. Underneath each seat is a trap door that is. supported by a slide and the person gets a slide out and then there's someone that can just either hand them their money back or give them a cupcake something that'll make them happy because they're just not happy watching your set and that would be so great for the comedian because it's like all you need to do is leave but they won't leave because no. they're stubborn it's like trap door That's, you just push a little button i like that yours is just this this little slide that takes them right to the box office and they get their money back mm-hmm. where i would picture the slide is it's just a chute mm-hmm. that goes right into the dumpster outside and you just <laughs> pour a potty pit they go they shoot down there you see them uh fall in papers and trash <laughs> goes flying on their head like a hat and the and the lid just closes right on top of boom, them boom. and the garbage truck comes and picks it up immediately and takes them away <laughs> goodness that would be the perfect one for bad audience isn't members. it enough that they're out of your sight you have to see them suffer too <laughs> that's funny yeah i get it because it's like you don't enjoy good things so here's some here's a dumpster for yeah. you now i can sometimes enjoy when somebody doesn't like me like it you know i was at um a, a club here in the city. It was a sold out show and like 300 people there. Mm-hmm. And it's a big club. And every, you know, I happened to be in the room after the show was over and people were coming by. Oh, you're so funny. I liked you so much. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I don't know if I've told this on the podcast, but it was, um, this a lady came up and literally had been probably like 40 people had already come by and mm-hmm. said how much they appreciate it like it where can i find you oh, let me awesome. follow you let me follow you all this stuff and see more of you and this lady came by she's about six years old mm-hmm. and she looked at me and said you were very insulting mm-hmm. and i was like I was ready to say thank you because uh-huh. I had said thank you. Because she all just these... moved right on. And right? she just moved right on. And her son or whoever it was behind her was like, kind of shook his head and waved his hands. Like, he goes, don't worry about it. You were good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but I, like, I, it was, it's interesting that just amused me mm-hmm. because of the insult. Like you were very insulting. And I'm like, I don't even know what I, cause I didn't talk to you at all. So right. I, I have no idea what the insulting part was. <laughs> Which part of my act did you find insulting? Was it, you know, a church thing? What was it? So it's, that, Gee, that can whiz, be fun. That stinks when someone, I mean, and she didn't even stay to tell you what bothered her. Some people will just tell you, you know, I really didn't like your joke about this. You shouldn't tell it this way or whatever. And that's <laughs> but, fine. You can have a combo, but she just like, what is that called? I like a hit and run. Drive, she was a drive by, uh, 
heckler. <laughs> I got I that that's one of the few that I've really enjoyed because there's mystery to it. Right. And we're all kind of like what did that mean? Like none of us know what that means the other comics and you know we can laugh about it. Mm-hmm. And it's something where it's you know I very very rarely does somebody ever come up to another human being and say I don't like you. I, mm-hmm. I don't like what you do. Uh, just because it's not polite society. That's not what generally. So something I said made her so upset that she had to come up and tell me I was very insulting and then just leave in a puff of smoke. Like I, it was Famous almost like a insult comic. <laughs> almost like I looked for her after that and she was just gone. Uh-huh. It's like, was she ever there? I don't know. I'm mad that she exists, that she did that to you. Cause everybody, you could have just had a nice little floating on air kind of night. And no, she came I, in. To... I actually loved it. It's, <laughs> You know, there's, there's people, you know, cause after a while in any career, any, anything you do, if you get to the point where you're like, I know I'm, I'm pretty decent at this thing. Those little pot shots aren't going to like affect you too much. Right. So like anybody that tells an NBA player that they stink, it's like the NBA player should be, I'm a professional basketball player. I, I'm okay with this. So it doesn't really matter what you say on Twitter. I, I stink. It's like, yeah, I, there's a, in fact, there's a basketball player former basketball uh, NBA player, Brian Scalabrini. And yes. he's this big, white, redheaded guy. And people would just go at him and say how much he stinks. And so he started challenging people. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I stink. Uh, let's go. And he would just eviscerate them on the basketball court. Every single person just... These non-NBA players. Yes, dominate them. <laughs> just show them. And, and the way he described it was... I'm closer to LeBron James mm-hmm. than you are to me mm-hmm. in skill level. So right, like, right. you know, what you think is, oh, I really stink and I'm horrible and I shouldn't be in the, I am so much better than almost everybody on the planet mm-hmm. that you're going to, you're going to be embarrassed when you play me. And he would do that. So <laughs> This reminds me very, very early in my career, a friend of mine, I felt like she was not appreciating the effort I was putting in to um, comedy. I don't know. Something she said was kind of like, are you sad you're not further along? Something like that. I don't think she was trying to bring me down, but she's just a very analytical person. (laughs) Are you sad that you don't have anything (laughs) and nobody likes you? Does that bother you at all? And I just knee-jerk said, I'm the most famous person you know. (laughs) (laughs) And it wasn't a flex. It was just like, consider all of your colleagues and Mm -hmm. who among them has the reach that I do right now. And, and she, she let it go. And it, honestly, it just became like a funny catchphrase among us of just like, I'll never forget. You're the most famous person I know. And yeah. I'm like, Don't forget it. Well, people have no concept in, in life in general of what success means outside of whatever their bubble is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to career success. Yeah. They yeah. know they, if they work at UPS, they know what success is. It's moving up the ladder and you go from dr- this, this route that you went on. Now you're a better route or you go on to have this, uh, supervisor role or now you're the manager, you're a district manager. And, you know, you see the climbing of the ladder. You made, you made this amount 10 years ago, you make more now, yeah. but in, comedy or entertainment people go that success to them is really the most unachievable stuff so it's like kevin hart is successful it's like well yeah he is successful <laughs> he's the most successful right this right? is back to the basketball guy of like lebron james now that's a basketball player and he's like i too am a basketball player and i yes. will smoke you on the court and it, exactly i am closer to kevin hart than any of our listeners are to me in comedy <laughs> 
So, but it might not look that way to them. Oh, you're just at a club for 300 people instead of uh, literally a stadium in front of 20,000. It's like, yeah, but, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not anywhere. You're not in front of any people. Well, if this were a more serious podcast, I would ask you how you define success. But let's save (laughs) that for when uh, we've got industry money coming in and people need us to be very long and boring and philosophical. (laughs) Yeah, turn into an industry podcast and everyone comes for our long philosophical musings. Ooh, I have a question for you. This is not, you know, anything I've ever asked you before. What's the closest you've come to being canceled? Like, you mean like cancel culture cancel? Uh, yeah, like something you've done. Because I've had clubs cancel on me because they cease to exist. Like. <laughs> I've had clubs where like, oh, we're sorry we had you booked a headline, but we actually went out of business. So <laughs> I've had my order canceled at a diner, but yeah. that's not what I mean either. I mean, <laughs> but that is funny. But yeah, club, when a comedian hears canceled, they probably think about, oh, did I lose a gig? Yeah, No, no, canceled. no. For you, I just, um, and, and it's putting you on the spot, so you might not be able to come up with it, but just like something that... I guess I guess it's the same thing of like what's the worst heckle you've ever gotten? But <laughs> it was that woman that said you're very insulting. Yeah. that's the closest I think I've ever come. Because she runs BuzzFeed, and you didn't yes, know that. I didn't know that. I'm very insulting. <laughs> you know, how restaurants have like mystery diners that come in, and they're secretly a food critic. That's what she was. She was just like somebody that could have decided that you're going to be famous tomorrow. <laughs> Probably, yeah. That was that was Ma'am Hollywood there. Ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> It was, I don't think I've ever gotten close to being canceled because, I mean, first of all. You don't do cancelable things. No, and I think that the whole cancel culture thing is a little overblown. I think that there are people that do not take jokes well, Mm -hmm. and there are people that do dark humor or edgy humor. I, I don't even like the word edgy because edge could mean lots of different things to different people and i i believe there is multiple edges to things not get too technical like so there's dirty edgy but there's edgy in other ways too Uh Um, talking about taboo subjects right talking about something personal that is hard for people to usually talk about right all those things could be edgy and you could be a completely clean comic and and edgy like saying the word darn in a christian comedic yeah (laughs) yeah that's probably the closest i got to canceled like so (laughs) yeah yeah playing for a church that thought you were not churchy enough is probably they're close to actually canceled. They, I wouldn't call this cancel because usually we usually I think the the stereotype with cancel culture is that it's left wing or liberal people though the quote unquote woke world canceling somebody who some real American that knows how to you know say and but that my experience has been it's usually the reverse for me that the more conservative crowds have been the ones that have been more likely like I, I did have somebody cancel a gig on me and it wasn't even that great of a gig but they canceled and said that I how do they phrase it that I was anti-Trump <laughs> that hate anti-Trumper that hates America <laughs> and I was like I don't even know how you got that from any of my jokes because I don't even have a single Trump joke like not a single one right I don't think you say the word America or United States in your act no <laughs> well the, like I, there's maybe a couple jokes that are slightly political, but they're not even really that political. Like a, if I have a gun joke, it's really just talking about how, you know, old guns didn't really even work. Mm-hmm. You know, like talking about when mus- the Second Amendment was written. Yeah, like muskets kind of thing. or things like that. You know, it's really a joke more about how those things stunk and you can't really <laughs> compare them to today. And, you know, it's just, 
you know, if you make up rules based on those things, what does this mean? Right. And so that's the close. And I don't even do that. And generally in my act, that's just something that was on my album. And I haven't done that really much in years. And I even have a joke that says, I don't get political on in my act. Did you guys notice? And they all clap and they go, that's because you never leave a political discussion going, I'm glad I did that. Right. <laughs> and so people laugh at that joke. So, but, so I'm like, I have no idea where you came up with anti-Trumper that hates America. And mm-hmm. it could be because I was hired. It's because you have a black wife. Yeah, it could be. It could be. <laughs> well, clearly he hates America. He didn't marry a white woman the way that he was supposed to. And so I, it could be, that I, you know, I was hired by a, a satirical site for one day to do an interview with uh, Scaramucci. And I'm like, but that's all it is, is just me interviewing them. He is in proximity to Trump or was at some point. Right. I've tried to forget that whole era, so I don't know. I, I know. But, but I do know you won, an, uh, you were a Webby Award a winner. I did, that, yeah. Pro- yeah, whatever I, that program where, was. Where we were nominee for that. So in, nominee. But, but I'm also like, I don't even know how they happened to find but that has nothing to do with my stand-up um and by the way that the site that i did do the interview with scaramucci for ended up reimbursing me for the gig i lost because of that so they end up coming back and saying look if you lost that because of us wow we're paying for that gig and that's i was like a nice guy. and that's the only gig that have ever well he's a true friend yeah there you go again <laughs> We've got a good list. We've got a good list. Uh, I don't have all of my qualifications listed about what makes a good friend, but I I like yours. Yours are funny. Yeah. <laughs> yours are very specific. Pretty much anybody that says, I want to give you money. Oh, what a good friend. Yeah, well, I wasn't trying to paint you as a mooch. I think you are, money is the way to your heart. In a lot of <laughs> that sounds awful. Oh, that, that sounds even worse than mooch. <laughs> They, uh, well, that's the funny thing. It's like, I mean, we all want to make money, you know, and have a living for ourselves. That's, that's, mm-hmm. we all want to be able to survive in this world. But I did have somebody, and I don't know if this is a, I assume this is a scam. Like a Facebook, it says we're friends, but I don't remember this person. It was like, I'm feeling generous today. Give me your cash app and I want to just send you some money. And I, I didn't respond to that at all because I'm like, well, first of all, it's like, well, let's just say I follow this through and I go, all right, here's a, my cash app uh-huh. and they send me money. Mm-hmm. What's the scam here? Like what happens? <laughs> like, where does it go from there? Like, do they then have somehow access to my account? Right. Do they uh, then ask for the money back? I mean, what, you know what this, this reminds, it could have been a random act of kindness. I saw in our local subway station at a, a People had set up a table that had free Dunkin' Donuts coffee. And someone else had a poster board that said, random act of kindness. And so I saw two women chatting with the other people that were giving away the coffee. And I was like, what's the catch here? Why are they just, why they buy coffee for strangers and why are they giving it to them? And uh, maybe you and I are just weird, skeptical people, but I thought. New Yorkers now. (laughs) I thought, what if they're trying to spread COVID through these (laughs) coffees? To prove a point that it was really just like the flu in the first place. You know, like I just Mm -hmm. didn't want the coffee, even though on that particular day I was out of coffee beans. So I didn't get to make any at home. And also that's not how COVID spread. So it didn't even matter there. (laughs) 
Well, forget my skepticism. What's funnier is that I actually could have benefited from their kindness, but I just wouldn't take them up on it. I was like, nope. And then when I, my daughter, our daughter, (laughs) my daughter, uh, she goes, mom, coffee, look, it's here. You were complaining that you didn't get to have any. And I was like, ah, that's okay. I'll just uh, get some some other time. So she was just like, why didn't you get the coffee? And I, on the way back, I thought, you know what? On the way back, I'll get it because she's right. There's, I'm, I'm a little too cynical. And then they were gone. They were long gone. And mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. They wrapped up that whole racket. Yeah, exactly. They, the, 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 they just pulled the blanket up and they're gone. <laughs> so I felt more justified in my, in my cynicism <laughs> when they were long gone, like not a trace of them around. I thought, I knew it. And they just flipped the table on their side as three-card Monty. And... <laughs> yeah, they... Well, the, the only thing that would be worse is like, if it's a random act of kindness so that we can become friends and then invite you to our wedding. I'm like, that would be the only worst Darn thing. Darn it, you got me again. Thanks for joining us today. If you had a great time, let us know on social. Follow Kid Is In School on Twitter and The Kid Is In School on Instagram. Subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Be sure to throw us one of those five-star ratings and share with your friends. Oh, and do it quickly before the kid gets home.